Well, good morning to all of you. It's good to see you on this homecoming Sunday here at Starnes Cove. We welcome all of you here. We're excited about this day, and I've been told a lot of good things about homecoming here. How many good cooks there are. So many good cooks that there is a traffic jam that I'm going to have to get through to get to that good food. And uh, some of the men of the church told me that one of the best strategies for a pastor to use is to uh, get in the back of the line and just start greeting people, working your way up the line. Uh, they said, Brother Charlie, that I could learn that lesson from, uh, from you. <laughs> We're glad to have Charlie and Jane here with us today. And it's great for all of us to be here at, uh, at Homecoming. We're going to enjoy the food. We're going to enjoy the fellowship. We're enjoying the worship. Hasn't this music been wonderful today? Let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what we've experienced so far. I want to bring a message this morning that I've entitled, Can You Really Expect to Make a Difference? Well, for, 40, uh, for 78 years, Starnes Cove Baptist Church has been making a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ. But we live in a world right now that is a dark world. It is a difficult world for the cause of Christ. How can we make a difference for 78 more years or until Jesus comes? I think we're going to find some help in this passage of scripture this morning. We live in a world where uh, a secular world around us are constantly saying to Christians, keep your faith to yourself. Some people say that their faith is a personal thing. And how many times have we seen people reprimanded for bringing their faith into the workplace, the athletic field, the schools, the office buildings, the government. And there's this pressure that is put on Christians, just keep your Christianity to yourself. Well, how do we do that <laughs> when Jesus has said we're not supposed to keep it to ourselves? We're supposed to take the gospel and share the gospel with the whole world, beginning with where we are, our Jerusalem, which is here at Starnes Cove and Asheville and Buncombe County and, and beyond. And we're to take the gospel to the whole world. So how do we do that? How do we live? How are we supposed to go about doing the work of the Lord in a dying, decaying world? Do we hide behind the walls of the church and hope that we don't get stained by the world? Or do we blend in with the world? all week long, and, and then come to church and uh, put on a church face on Sunday. How do we go about winning the world for Christ and being the church when most of the people don't care necessarily to hear about Jesus? How do we fulfill the Great Commission? And what is our strategy? Uh, during the days of World War I, the United States was having trouble with German submarines. And military leaders were perplexed as to how to deal with this constant threat to Allied shipping. Well, it was then that the philosopher-slash-comedian 
Will Rogers rose to the occasion and he offered a solution to the problem. He said, quote, What we need to do is to boil the ocean. This will create such a a pressure that it will force the submarines to the top and then it will be easy to destroy them just as easy as shooting ducks off the top of a pond. And then a reporter asked him, that's a good idea, Will, but how are we going to boil the ocean? Rogers answered, I'm just telling you what to do. It's up to you to work out the details. (laughs) Well, when it comes to reaching this world with the gospel, Jesus not only told us what to do, but he gave us some of the details. He told us how we're to go about doing it. And one of the strategies that is right at the core of reaching the world with the gospel is found here in our text today in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. You've heard this verse undoubtedly many times, but I want us to think about it again this morning on this homecoming Sunday. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, a part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. May God bless the reading of His Word. So, how is it, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are to make a maximum impact for Christ in this fallen world? Can you really expect to make a difference? Jesus says that you can And this verse explains how to do it. You can make a difference, number one, by placing value on your influence. You can make a difference by placing value on your influence. That's why Jesus said to his followers, you are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. Earth. Now we've got to understand salt in its time back then and, and what it meant then and what it also means to a great extent now. You see, in the day in which Jesus lived, salt was of great value. And Jesus is saying that as Christians, we are of great value in His master plan of reaching the world with the gospel and making a maximum impact. You see, salt was of great value, tremendous value in the ancient world. At one time, it was traded ounce for ounce with gold. Can you imagine that? Salt that we just take for granted uh, was one time traded ounce for ounce for gold. In fact, there was a time in which Roman soldiers were paid in salt. That's how they received their salary. In fact, the word salary is derived from the word salt. Have you ever heard the phrase, he's not worth his salt? That's where that came from. Because when a Roman soldier didn't do his job, he didn't get all of his salt. 
And so salt was of great value back in those days. Now, even today, salt has numerous uses. If we were to just take a little time out and I were to ask you the question, what are some of the uses of salt? We could come up with about as many uses for salt as there are people who are in this building this morning. In fact, when I was looking this up this week, one of the websites that I visited indicated that there may be as many as 14,000 uses for salt. Can you imagine that? That many uses. Well, how are Christians to go about being salt and influencing the world? What do Christians and salt have in common. Let's look at some of the things we have in common. Number one, salt creates thirst. Salt creates thirst. Have you ever heard the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink? Have you heard that phrase? You know, it's not exactly true though. Because if you mix some salt in the horse's oats, he'll be glad to drink when he gets to water. Just like you are when you eat country ham and and you're looking for something to drink throughout the rest of the day because salt has a way of creating thirst. Christians ought to live before a lost world in such a way that we create a thirst in the lives of people around us for Christ. We ought to help people to get a spiritual appetite, to get hungry, to get thirsty. For the things of God. And the truth is they can drink from the same water of life that we now enjoy in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you living in such a way that you are influencing your classmates and your neighbors and those that you work with? Are you living in such a way? Are they seeing Christ in you in such a way that it is creating a thirst that they may know God? Salt creates thirst. We're to do the same thing as the followers of Jesus Christ. But also, salt adds flavor. Salt adds flavor. Now, when something has a lot of flavor, you want more of it. You know, something that really tastes good, you want a second helping of that. Because, because it's good. And usually there's some kind of spice in it. There's some kind of seasoning in it that adds to that flavor. Salt is one of those things that just has an amazing way of adding flavor. There are certain foods that I eat that I really like a lot of salt. For example, peanuts. When I eat peanuts, I want them salty. Don't, don't give me that unsalted stuff. I mean, I want the real thing. I want the salted peanuts. And, and when I eat French fries, you know what? My favorite French fries to this day are still McDonald's. I don't care all that much about some of the other things at McDonald's, but I love their fries. And you know why I love their fries? Because they're salty. Salt all over them. Tortilla chips. When I buy tortilla chips, I I want to look through the little bag and see if I can see grains of salt on the tortilla chips. Because if I see them, I know they're going to be good. I, I want salt on them. Why? Because salt adds 
flavor. It makes it more enjoyable. And as Christians, as the salt of the earth, we're to add flavor. We're to make life a more enjoyable experience for people around us. We're to share the joy of the Lord. We're to share the peace that passes all understanding. We're to add flavor into the world that is around us so that people may want to know the same Lord we know. And many times, we're not only influencing lost people, we're influencing other believers as well. As the salt of the earth. How many of you uh, know other Christians that when you're around them, they bring something out in you that you need more of? For example, I know some people that are prayer warriors. And when I'm around them, I want to pray more. I know some people who are strongly gifted in evangelism. And when I'm around them, I want to win more people to Jesus Christ. Uh, there are some that, that are gifted in certain areas that, that they just help us rise to the occasion because they're adding flavor to the body of Christ. As Christians, are you adding flavor to the world around you that doesn't know Christ and to believers that need to continue to grow in the Lord? Salt adds flavor. But there's another way that Christians and salt are to be alike and The third way is, think of this one, salt irritates. Salt irritates. You've heard the phrase rubbing salt in somebody else's wound. Salt has a way of irritating a wound, doesn't it? You can get just a little bitty paper cut and get a grain of salt in that paper cut and it hurts like crazy, doesn't it? I mean, salt just has a way of irritating. It causes uh, something to sting and to burn. It has an irritating quality about it. Now, to a lost world, Christians can be a source of irritation. Now, I'm not talking about trying to be a source of irritation. I think there are a few people in life who have that one down, and they do that. That's, that's just uh, something about their makeup. They, they like to be irritating. Uh, that's not the kind of thing I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm not talking about being rude. I'm just talking about because of what you believe, because of who you are in Christ, because of the stand that you take for the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to be some lost people that you're going to irritate without even trying. When they see you living a holy life, it's going to convict them because they're not living a holy life. When they see you living high standards of morality, it's going to convict them when they don't, and it may be an irritating thing for them. But the next time that an unbeliever gets irritated at you, Just remember that you're the salt of the earth. And sometimes without even meaning to do so, salt irritates. But let me add a word of caution. If a lost world gets irritated at you, make sure that it's because of your stand for Christ and not because of a rude, obnoxious way in which you behaved when you took your stand. 
You see, you can take a stand for the Lord and you can believe strong things and you can be firm in your faith and in your principles, but you can be nice about it. You can be winsome about it. You can be appealing in the way that you do that. Colossians chapter 4, verse number 6 says, Let your speech always be seasoned with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer each one. So salt, though it may irritate, let's make sure that it's the gospel that is irritating, that it's the word that is irritating, and that it is not by the, uh, for reason of, of rudeness or uh, being obnoxious in any kind of way on our part. Salt creates thirst. It adds flavor. Salt irritates. But number four, salt preserves. Salt preserves. It has that preserving quality about it, doesn't it? I grew up in the mountains of Virginia in a little town called Hillsville, Virginia. And there, living in a small town, kind of in the country, I learned to enjoy Virginia country ham. Country ham, I I loved it. And when I was a little boy, I remember going into stores with my dad, and I would see those country hams hanging up in a store from the ceiling. And I knew, even as a little boy, that you were supposed to keep meat in the refrigerator if you didn't want it to spoil and go bad. And so one day we were in one of those country stores and I noticed the hams hanging from the ceiling and I said to my dad, I said, Dad, what keeps these hams from going bad? They're out here in the open. Why don't they spoil? And then he said, it's because they're cured with salt. They, and the salt acts as a preservative and it keeps them from going bad. And then he said, that's why country ham tastes so salty. And then I began to understand that salt has a preserving effect. And Jesus says as Christians that we're to have a preserving effect on the world that is around us. Uh, One preacher said, we are to be salty saints in a sick society. That's what we're to be. Our world is lost It's dead without the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in a state of moral and spiritual decay. How do we keep it from getting worse? God gives that responsibility to the church. Not to Congress, the Supreme Court, or the President, or to the United Nations, but God gives us the responsibility of being the salt of the earth. You think this world is bad it would be far, far worse if it weren't for God's people who are in it. God's people who are having a preserving effect upon the world that is around us. Are you doing that? Are you having a preserving effect in your neighborhood, your school, your workplace? Are they better places because you, as a Christian, are there? I'm sure they are better. Because you, as God's people, are in that place. So, you can make a difference by placing value on your influence. And Jesus places a tremendous value on your influence when He says you're the salt of the earth. But now, secondly, there's another way that you can make a difference. You can make a difference by protecting the virtue 
of your influence. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. But then he went on to say, but if the salt loses its flavor, how is it going to be seasoned? It's good for nothing but to be cast out and trampled under the foot of men. How can, a salt, how can salt lose its flavor? Today, the salt we use is highly refined and processed. But back in the days of Jesus, that was not the case. Their salt was often mixed with other minerals and other kinds of impurities that would cause the salt over time to lose its saltiness. It's possible for the same thing to happen to a Christian. If we don't protect our virtue, if we don't protect our influence, then we can lose our testimony and be rendered ineffective as part of the family of God. A Christian can be rendered ineffective in two ways that I'm going to mention very quickly. First of all, a Christian can be rendered ineffective by not coming in contact with the world. By not coming in contact with the world. Think about the salt in a salt shaker. What good is salt if it stays in a salt shaker? Not a lot of good, is it? Until you shake it out and you put it on something. If salt is to season, it has to come in contact with the food that it is to season. If salt is to act as a preservative, it must come in contact with the skin of that animal, that meat that it is trying to preserve. And the same thing is true as Christians. If we're going to be the salt of the earth, we have to make contact with the world that is around us. We've got to get out of our salt shaker mentality if we're going to impact the world for Jesus. This morning, we're here in a church. It's kind of like being in the salt shaker. It's a good place to be. There are other grains of salt around us. There are believers around us. And we gather here and we pray and we worship and we give and we do all these kinds of things. It's it's wonderful. We need this together. And God says we're supposed to do this. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, the Bible says. So we're doing the right thing by being here. But what God wants to do is He wants us to get charged up, re-energized, filled with His Holy Spirit, excited about Jesus, so that in a while when we leave this service, we'll go out of the salt shaker and God can just dump us out on the community around us, the world around about us, and then we can truly be the salt of the earth as we come in contact with unbelievers who are there. The Christian can be rendered ineffective by not coming into contact with the world. But then secondly, a Christian can be rendered ineffective by the world contaminating the Christian. The world can contaminate the Christian. Now, when we look at the world, we ought to see a Christian influence. But the tragedy is, most of us, we look at a church and we see the world's influence 
upon the church. And that's exactly the opposite of the way Jesus said that it was supposed to be. Is the world influencing you more than you are influencing the world without even thinking about it? We can let the world's music, the world's methods, the world's movies, the world's materialism, we can let all of those things undermine our influence and render us ineffective. And then we ask the question, I wonder why that we're not making an impact on the world. Jesus said that when that happens, when that happens, the salt is good for nothing and it may as well be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men because we've lost our flavor. We've become, con- become contaminated. And that's why in many cases the world is walking all over the church today because we have lost the virtue of our influence. Jesus said we're the salt of the earth. We've got a job to do. We've got a mission that we're to be on. Are you the salt of the earth? I heard about a man who uh, was out in the country, he and his family... Uh, doing a camping vacation, and they needed some salt, and they remembered a few miles back down the road there was a mom-and-pop grocery store. And so the man walks in to that grocery store, and he says, do you sell salt? The man says, do we sell salt? Just look at this. And he took the customer over to a whole wall of shelves that was stocked with nothing but various kinds of salt. There was Morton salt and iodized salt and kosher salt, sea salt, rock salt, garlic salt, seasoning salt, Epsom salts, all kinds of salts that were imaginable. They were there. The customer was amazed. And then the owner of the business said, you think that's something, walk with me right over here. And he took him over to a back room that was filled with shelves and bins and cartons and barrels that were absolutely full of every kind of salt. And the customer said, this is unreal. I've never seen so much salt in all my life. The owner of the store said, hey, I've got more to show you. And he took him down some steps down to the basement of the store. And down in the basement of the store, from one end to the other in this huge basement, it was filled wall to wall, lined from top to bottom with every form of salt and every size of it that was imaginable. And the man looked at the owner of the store and he said, Wow, you must really sell a lot of salt here. And the store owner said, No, that's the problem. We don't sell any salt here. But wow, that salt salesman that comes by here every week, man, does he ever sell the salt. (laughs) Here's the point. Salt that stays on the shelf doesn't do any good at all, does it? But salt that is put to use, salt that is willing to get off the shelf and into the lives of people around it, into a lost world, that kind of salt can make a huge difference. And Jesus is counting on you 
and he's counting on me to be the salt of the earth. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's bow together in prayer as we get ready for the invitation. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you will just help us to truly be the salt of the earth. Father, as we go share a meal together in a few moments, we just we, we know that you're going to bless the time that we have together. And, and Lord, today as we taste the salt that may be in the particular food we're eating, or as we grab a salt shaker and begin to season our food a little bit extra, Father, just remind us that we are indeed to be the salt of the earth. God, help us to give our best and to give our all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's sing a song of invitation as they come back to the instruments. And we're, uh, Brother Billy comes to lead us. Uh, Pastor William is going to be here at the front to help in this invitation time. If there's a decision you need to make for Christ today to accept Jesus, to come for church membership, to rededicate your life, or maybe to just come to an altar and pray, The invitation is open to you this morning. Let's all stand together. And as we sing, let me invite you to bring your need to the Lord.